This is the Village Counseling Podcast. My name is Hillary Evans, and I'm a clinical counselor, and I'm here with Dr. Josh Cruz, registered psychologist and pastor of counseling at Village Church. So the purpose of this podcast is to help foster a greater understanding of the topics we discuss and give a few takeaways that will be helpful for your life. So today we're talking about dealing with a child's tantrum. Oh, this is so much fun. Uh, yeah, man, is it frustrating when uh, one of your kids or a kid that you're you're watching or maybe you're a teacher, maybe you're a Sunday school teacher, and one of the kids then goes into a tantrum. You get the energy, you get the emotion, it's all coming out, especially if it's one of your kids. Uh, grocery stores are great for this. I think there's like something in the air yes. that just says, hey, kids. I think it's actually the candy aisle that does it. Yeah. Start, Who knows? Who knows? Start sucking them into yeah. this like... I could use a candy bar yeah. and I could either ask my parent for this or maybe if I lay on the floor, maybe if I start flopping around a little bit, <laughs> the more screeching I do, the doors are going to open and I will have a candy bar in my hand as I leave the store. Yeah. Uh, unbeknownst to the parent who is just there to actually shop and get some stuff done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely experience that. Uh, yeah, we have four kids uh, getting older, so the tantrums look different. I mean, adults have tantrums too. They just uh, a little less flopping on the floor. So yeah, we we all do this. Usually. But but it can be it can be tough. So you're you're in that environment. Whether it's your child's talking back to you, whether they're they're crying, I want it. Whatever whatever it is, then all of a sudden we start getting activated, and it it can become embarrassing, um, especially when you're in public. At home, it's still hard. It can be frustrating. Uh, we can get so angry sometimes. Uh, we can get exhausted. Like I'm so tired of this, and also mm-hmm. stuck. Like I know uh, for Rachel and I, I remember we were feeling stuck at well many points in time, but then we said, okay, let's reach out, let's get some support, let's get some help. Um, and some of the guidance that we received that's been super helpful for us was around the concept of arrow up, arrow down. Mm-hmm. So arrow up happens when us or our child is then emotionally dysregulated. So heart rate's going, they're activated, there's a lot of emotionality. Essentially, they're in either the beginning stages or working towards a tantrum. Mm-hmm. The thing is, that can happen for us too at the same time, and then we can start to get arrow up. Yeah. Two arrows up don't actually, it doesn't go well. It mm-hmm. can actually start feeding up and up and up and up. Ideally, if the child's arrow up and we can come in arrow down, so a little greater calm, a little greater groundedness, then perhaps we can then come alongside them and care for them better and maybe even bring their arrow down uh, to meet us where we are. Mm-hmm. So for us, oftentimes what would happen is uh, one of the kids would be arrow up. Uh, one of us would come in and let's say it was me and I would come in arrow down. Actually, sometimes I'd come in arrow up. Just this is frustrating. What? Brush your teeth? Like we do this every night. Um, why is this such a shock or a surprise? And <laughs> you don't want to? Hey, same as last night. But then, yeah, I marrow up. And then uh, my wife would then come in and she would then, well-meaning, hey, I'll step in. I'll help out. But then I marrow up. So I'm not seeing her good intentions coming in. It's like, what are you saying? I don't know how to do this. And um, I'm messing this up and I'm feeling stuck already. Oh, you've got a better plan? Oh, great. Now we've got three people <laughs> then arrow up in this. And so the strategy we learned was outside of the moment for us to then team up. I think like uh, the old WWF or WWE tag team wrestling thing of mm-hmm. we tag out. So if one of us, if I'm then arrow up, uh, Rachel knows she can come in and just say, hey, I'm arrow down. Do you want me to step in? 
Mm-hmm. And I know because we've talked about it outside of the moment, she's not saying, you suck as a parent. You don't know what you're doing. Let me step in and rescue you from this. It's basically saying, I'm with you and I'm in a good place to do this. Why don't you step out, step back, and then we could tag out again if we need to. And that's been a strategy that's actually been really helpful for us and helps us to be more present with our kids. Yeah, you can work with their emotion and your emotion, you know, all at once. And so it's amazing how we are so hardwired to our children or just even anyone we love. It's amazing how, you know, when I might see a child bash their shin on something or stub their toe, I will shudder if I'm connected to that child type of thing. And that's because we have this beautiful way of our brain working. We actually have what we call mirror neurons, which are exactly as they sound. They mirror the experience of somebody that we love. And it's really interesting how there's been lots of tests and brain scans that can actually show that when somebody we love experiences pain, the same part of the brain in our brain, even though we're not experiencing that pain, lights up as though we were. And so we are so connected and hardwired to our kids that it makes sense that when they are in that arrow up phase, that all of a sudden we go in there and it's really hard for us to keep our arrow down phase as well. So I think that that's helpful for us to know as a caregiver that we will be impacted by our, by our child and that's not weak, that's not abnormal, that's totally, you know, run of the mill. Of course we would be. Uh, in counseling, sometimes we'll do this where mm-hmm. if somebody's coming in and they're quite anxious or flustered uh, entering in the door, I'm consciously telling myself Stay calm. Yeah. Because the more that I can regulate myself and keep myself grounded, the the client will then find me. When it, we're going to balance out at some point. Either I get anxious and I meet them where they are, or I, I get as calm as I can be and they'll eventually start coming down to where I am. It's that mm-hmm. co-regulation part. And it's really powerful. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can actually help impact the physiology of another person, either amping them up or amping them down. Yeah. And another, you know, helpful piece of information that I find really helpful about the brain in recognizing what's happening for a child during their tantrums. And this happens to, you know, like we joked at the beginning, this happens with adults too. It's not just children, but with children, we see it a lot more pronounced as something called flipping our lid. That's kind of the colloquial way of saying it, but there's actually a really cool neurobiological explanation of it, which is that you know, we have that upper brain and that, you know, that midbrain or that lower brain. And the lower brain is what is creating our impulses. That's, you know, giving that kid what we were talked about in the grocery store, that like, I want candy and I want candy now. And then the upper brain is keeping us, you know, in our seat. It's keeping us regulated. It's stopping them from maybe grabbing everything off the grocery store shelves. It's kind of that executive function. And when that lower brain has been screaming for so long, I want candy, I want candy, I want candy, I want candy, or I need sleep, I need sleep, I need sleep, you know, whatever it is. If that lid, that top brain actually flips, you know, and gets disconnected, it's as though there's no reason at all. And so there's this beautiful quote that I love from Dr. Adele LaFrance, who will kind of be talking about some of her principles later on. And it's that emotions go up like an elevator, but the door to reason is on the ground floor. And emotion coaching can get you there. And we'll talk a little bit about emotion coaching. And so I love that part about the door to reason is on the ground floor, that we have to help them get their emotions down. We have to kind of arrow down with a child all the way until we can get to the ground floor and have some reason with them. 
Yeah, and I find I make that mistake often where I'm trying to then, so back to brushing the teeth, it's like, hey, we brush our teeth every day. Like I'm trying to reason mm-hmm. this. Is, yeah, and if you don't brush your teeth, then you could get cavities. And 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 well-meaning, that's the truth, the reality. And if I'm not arrow, if I'm arrow down, um, that's great. And if my child's arrow down, awesome, they're hearing me. But if they're not, it's falling on deaf ears. Like yeah. I'm wasting my breath. If anything, sometimes it frustrates them even more. It's like, you don't get it. You're not meeting me there. It's like mm-hmm. we're screaming down to them or screaming up to them and we're missing them. And I think it can actually add fuel to the fire. It becomes really frustrating, I think, for kids, but then also for us too. Right. And I think that's a great example about how our knee-jerk reaction in those moments is to try and stop the child's storm. So we want to jump in. And like you were saying that from that example, like, no, we have to brush our teeth. We do that every night. Probably in your mind, you're thinking, if you don't brush your teeth, you're going to have cavities. You're going to have way more issues. You're going to cost me money and braces, all this <laughs> mm-hmm. stuff, right? You want to stop the storm, but it's actually not as effective as hanging in there with your child and supporting your child through it. And part of why we want to really do that is not only because it's effective, but you're helping the child build skills for how to deal with big feelings. And long-term in their life, that's going to be so much more beneficial. So maybe now we'll jump into talking about practically how do you do that? How do you help your child and support them through it? And I'll give a practical example today called emotion coaching. And for more information, you can easily Google this, emotion coaching or emotion-focused family therapy. It's a great method of being able to have a practical way of engaging with your child in the moment when they might be flopping on the ground at the grocery store and you have no idea what to do. And it's something that you can practice enough that even when you are arrow up or you're kind of feeling activated yourself, you kind of know you have your kind of go-to what you're going to say. And so the first step of emotion coaching is identifying what the child might be feeling. And you can guess based on their act, you know, their actions. And so maybe let's just use the example of the child flopping at the grocery store because they want candy. So it seems like maybe you feel angry because you really want candy. So you're identifying their emotion, angry, and then you're going in with becauses, trying to validate the child. And so I recommend based on this model of doing therapy that you use at least three becauses because what the validating is doing is helping get that child back to the ground floor like we talked about, helping them kind of come a little bit more online. So for, you know, let's say your child's flopping on the floor, seems like maybe you're angry because you really want candy. You haven't been allowed candy all week and you saw your favorite kind on this on the shelf that looks really good. It's almost lunchtime and you might be feeling a little bit hungry. So see how I'm not saying that it, they're going to get the candy. I'm not making up crazy reasons for why they might want it, but I'm giving very legit reasons for why they may be wanting that and why they may be feeling angry. Yeah, and uh, I like that point too. It doesn't mean necessarily that they're going to get the candy because yeah. I think a lot of the times we fear, well, if I'm showing empathy, if I'm validating this, then the natural follow-up is saying it's okay that you're tantruming and you'll get your way. Let's uh, redirect towards uh, another kind of candy or I'll just give it to you. That then puts it out. But I like what you're saying. It's then entering in to acknowledge and validate their emotion. And then from there, there might be more room for reason, rationality, 
structure, redirection, whatever is needed. But it sounds like that's that first entry point in. Let's try to mm-hmm. almost bring the fire down or bring the arrow down. And yeah. then I've got more to work with. Yeah, exactly. We're kind of getting back onto the playing ground with them. You know, we're getting back onto that floor of reason. And so you can do that as many times as you need. Go through that identification of the emotion and the validation. And then what you want to do is the caregiver as the parent is go in then with the emotional support and practical support. So for emotional support, you might want to offer comfort in words, um, or you could do it with physical affection, like come here, I'll give you a hug. You might want to communicate some non-judgment. It's totally normal to feel that way. These are all great examples that, you know, Dr. LaFrance gives. And for practical support, maybe it's you're redirecting your child, but in a healthy way. So you're maybe redirecting them to playing a game. Maybe you're teaching them and practicing communication, like teaching, okay, well, what are we going to do to manage your hunger type of thing and asking them and helping them, you know, come up with a solution with that. Um, and you're probably going to be supporting your child to face fears in certain situations too. And I like the the long-term impact of this as mm. well. Our emotions are tough. We talk about our thoughts, content of what's happening in this world. But a lot of times, like the stereotypical counseling question, how did that make you feel, is important. Because a lot of times we don't spend a lot of time there. We spend a lot of time feeling, just not necessarily knowing what that is. So I like it because it gives uh, our children the vocabulary to better understand that. And then even from there, if I... Um, I'm sad. Well, then I may need, it helps them understand needs too of, I may need support. I may need comfort. I'm angry. Either there's an injustice I need to talk about, or maybe there's something beneath that, but it isn't this whole overwhelming world of emotion that we either need to run from, or it comes over like a tidal wave. I can understand it. I can organize it. I can tame it a little bit more and now work with it better. So I like it. It not only helps the moment, but actually equips them in the long run. Yeah, you are giving your child an insane gift by transforming your but to a because in the sense that you're not just going like, but we're not going to do that. You're actually helping them make sense of their feelings and you're helping them kind of learn how to make meaning of it, how to process it on their own. And as an adult, I even think about times where I've kind of had to do this emotion coaching for myself. Like you're feeling really irritated because, 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 okay, that makes way more sense. And sometimes I can notice even that calm that comes over of like, all right, I'm not nuts. You know, this feeling makes sense. And it's a way to kind of store what's going on for me and make sense of it as opposed to just feeling something and then being like, I have no idea what to do with this, which as children, I imagine they must feel all the time. Yeah. So let's let's gift our children with this. I know it's hard. We have to regulate ourselves first in order to be arrow down, or if we have somebody with us, we can then tag out as needed. But then let's bring this to our children to help them in the moment, but not only help them now, but help them in the long run as they organize this emotion world, which can be really big for them and some kids more than other kids. Yeah, it's hard work. It's hard work. It's not the easy way of doing it, but so much more effective and so many long-term benefits. So thank you so much for joining us today and listening in. And as always, we would love to hear your feedback. Any comments or any questions, you're welcome to email us at counseling at thisisvillagechurch.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.